1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Well, today your host is Mrs. Know-it-all, the incredible talent of Denise Schreiber moments away. But if you're the 10th caller right now at 412-922-1020, 10th caller right now wins a $25 gift certificate from the good folks at Sorgles. Now, I thought today, because the official planting season is truly underway, that May 15th a day has come and gone. And now it's all in. The weather is getting warmer. So just to kind of give you an idea, she'll take all of your gardening questions today, and they will be a lot of calls coming our way in the next uh, 55 minutes or so. So if you want to get in here, I highly urge you to call now at 866-391-1020. But whatever you're planting from shrubs, uh, all of the wonderful things in your garden and more, even a few tree questions, we can handle it all because she is Mrs. Know-it-all. So planting, whatever you're doing, if you need help, this is an opportunity to phone in and get the information that you need. Number to dial, 866-391-1020 one 10 missus Nolan, what a pleasure to have you back for Doug. Good morning. How are you? I'm awake. <laughs> you are awake. So is, there, is, is, is it fact or fiction that by the time May 15th rolls around, once May 15th has come and gone, that means it's ready, set, go as far as planting is concerned?
2: Actually, our true frost date is the end of May, May 30th. However, with climate change, we are usually pretty safe anytime after Mother's Day. However, I can tell you a few years ago, we got a frost Memorial Day weekend that was like 28 degrees and it killed a bunch of plants. So you have to kind of be prepared because, you know, look, we're going to be almost 90 today and we're going to be, you know, 60 tomorrow, 65 tomorrow. So we've got those wild swings going on yet, you know, so you've got to be prepared. to If you got to go out and cover something or we may not have rain for a week, you have to be prepared to go out and water. I've had people tell me, oh, I plant trees, but I never water them. And then they wonder why they're dead <laughs> at the end of the year.
1: So when is the best time to water? Is it in the morning?
2: It depends. Obviously, if we've had rain the night before, no, you don't need to water. But morning is best but your plants won't die if the only time you have to water is in the evening after you get home from work, you know, after dinner, whatever, it's okay. The trick is water the ground. Don't do what I call magic wand watering where you see people out in their yard with the hose and they're just kind of going back and forth with the water and getting it on the leaves. The leaves can only absorb a little bit of water, the same with fertilization, which is why you should always water at the base of the plants, you know, get those roots really hydrated.
1: So if you have a question for Mrs. Know-It-All, now would be the time to call in, and we're talking about planting, just about anything today, whatever you need in the way of a gardening question, call us, 866-391-1020. So yesterday on the Home Improvement Show, we were talking about pruning, and I said I had to ask you this question because you are Mrs. Know-It-All. When is the best time to prune? Yeah, when's the best time to prune?
2: Usually for trees and shrubs, it's usually midwinter. So December, January, because, you know, we all want to just be outside all the time doing that. If you, there are a few things that you want to wait a little bit more for. Uh, grapes, for instance, should really be pruned in um, late February, early March. Ornamental grasses, when we get that little warm spell that we always seem to get in January, somewhere between January and March, we get that little warm spell go out and whack those grasses back. I see people that leave them up and then start cutting after they've got all the new growth. Now, as far as other other plants, you want to look at, was there damage? You know, have you got a cross branch? Is something broken? Then you can go out and cut, you know, but you don't want to do major pruning at that time. You know, I know people who go out and prune their tomatoes. That, I Don't people say, oh, you know, my grandmother always did that. Well, you know, we have different varieties of tomatoes than grandma did. You know, even if you're growing heirlooms, there were different heirlooms that people were growing back then. So that time you can actually, you know, leave them alone. You know, you can do broccoli. It's a good example. The You cut the main stock. And that's considered pruning, actually, if you've got those side shoots that come up. So, obviously, it doesn't matter that, you know, the time of year to cut. You know, uh, zinnias. If you grow the old-fashioned zinnias, which I love because there's so many colors, you're great as a cut flower. You can go in, and I actually like when they're about mm, four inches tall, I actually go in and cut the main stem, and it encourages branching. And you get lots more flowers, and you can just keep cutting, and they'll just keep blooming until frost.
1: I want to talk a little bit about planting trees, advice when it comes to trees, large and small. How do you go about it this time of year, or do you go about it this time of year, Mrs. Know-It-All?
2: I am mm-hmm. actually having, I had to have a couple of trees taken out about a month ago. And, you know, because you've got to be on the schedule to get a tree cut. You know, it's just not like, "Mm, come tomorrow, cut the tree. So I have already had it stumped around, and I actually ordered uh, a tree for that area. So, but mine is literally right next to the hose bib, plus I keep soaker hoses in my beds, So I'll be able to water it. It's actually a Dragon Lady Holly, which I'm really excited about, but you really want to wait you know we're kind of past the season with these crazy temperatures we're having you want to wait until september there's a couple of trees that you don't want to plant in september dogwoods are one of them Japanese maples are another they just don't have enough time to push out enough roots to get them through the winter other trees you know evergreens is a great time to plant in the fall because of their waxy coating on the needles. You know they can withstand you know the winter wind, the snow, or whatever else comes along. You know, but the trick is even if you plant in the fall, you still gotta water. You have to water until there's a hard freeze, not a frost, a freeze. You know because they still need to be hydrated to get them through the winter.
1: All right, Mrs. Know It All is in today for Doug. If you have a gardening question, anything that has to do with the wonderful world outdoors, you need to call us. We're going to talk to Gloria in Mercer County in just a couple of moments, KDK Radio, but we invite you to get in here while you can because the phones will fill up as they always do when she is pinch hitting for Doug. And we have her till 8 o'clock. So we're going to come back, spend the next three segments just giving you a chance to pick the brain of truly one of the best, Mrs. Know It All, who is here today. And of course, every other Sunday, you hear her when Davy Trees is not here, taking all of the information and and getting it out there to us to help us sure. do better as far as the outdoors is concerned but if you have a question for her right now number is 866-391-1020 it is Doug Oster, DougOster.com to follow him throughout the week. Doug is off today and next Sunday. Steve Rapaski will be here next Sunday. But today we're very excited to have Mrs. Know-It-All all All to ourselves up until 8 a.m. So call us 866-391-1020. We have lines available and we'll be back to take your phone calls on The Organic Gardener with Mrs. Know-It-All, Denise Schreiber, filling in today for Doug Oster on KDKA. All right, back with Mrs. Know It All for Doug Oster, who is off the next couple of weeks. Next week, it's Steve Rapaski. If you have a question for her, now's the time to call. She can answer anything your little gardening heart desires. 866 391 1020. Gloria, you're on KDK. Thanks for holding on. Good morning.
2: Sure. What I'm calling about is uh, I'm getting older, so I'm looking for perennials for cemeteries because of the restrictions on size. Uh, you know, like 12 inches wide and You're doing with single words, double headstones, and I don't want to get some kind of something that's going to get real high and obscure the names and stuff. So I'm looking for suggestions that would be long-lived also. Okay. Well, perennials, there's only a few that really live forever, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But, you you know, I think three to four years is a good time. And right off the bat, I'm thinking uh, salvia, Nemoroso, the perennial salvia will work okay. very well for you okay there's uh, what's your limit as far as the height uh well it varies you know uh it might be a foot it might be a foot and a half. I had thought about coral bells, but i don't I worry about those clumps, you know I don't know how high they get well coral coral bells. Is is fine. Uh, you probably want to get a light, uh, lighter colored leaf uh, for them. But you know, there's plants that do come back every year, and you know, obviously, you want to get ones that fits the cemetery. I'm sure there's deer. You know, you have to kind of go with that. Yeah, that's why I didn't. I wasn't thinking about hostas because I figured it's just going to be deer. <laughs> yeah. Now there are some shorter Shasta daisies and the deer usually leave them alone. Here again, when we say the deer will leave them again, alone, when I was working, what I would plant in South Park, the deer would absolutely nod to the ground in North Park. So it's also kind of a herd thing as well, although there's obviously the ones that are always there. There's the yarrow, um, Achillea. There's some shorter versions of that. And what was that? Yarrow. Pretty much. Yarrow. Okay, and the deer one that um there's also a Perovskia, a Russian sage called Denim and lace, and there's another one called stephanie's ooh something and I should know it was named after a friend of mine, and it stays fairly low they're both deer resistant and they should bloom they have a longer bloom time than a lot of perennials, but also the salvia uh. There are shorter ornamental grasses if, you, if you're if you interested in that. Um, I realize that doesn't give you the color that you want. Uh, but the salvias would be your best bet. best bet. They would bloom pretty much spring to fall. Okay. Well, any particular you know, so, but, version of salvia? Well, um, there's cat's pajamas, uh, which I have growing, and that blooms pretty much all summer. There's... There's probably there's a book on salvias that has like 400 on them, wow. <laughs> but the cat pajamas is one that I know, you know, will keep blooming. It is perennial, and you would be good with that. And it's blue. And you know, if you want to periodically, when I don't know how often you go to the cemetery, you know, you may want to just give it a little haircut. Lavender would be something else. You know, it would bloom in the spring. And you would have those spring blooms for a good while, and then if you go back in and just give all the dead blooms a haircut, mm-hmm. you'll get a rebloom in the fall. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, you know, and so you know, hopefully that'll help you. You know, it's it's always tricky trying to fit in, you know, to a certain parameter.
0: You know yeah. where my
2: parents are buried. You're not allowed to put plants at all because they're the flat headstones, and they just mow right over everything. Oh. okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Oh, thank Bye. you. Glad. Thanks for calling.
1: All right, George. You're on KDK. Hey, George. Bonjour, folks. You know I don't have
2: half of the green thumb my my dear uh, Greek yaya did years ago, but um, <laughs> I planted a couple of oh uh, god, 25 years ago, two red maple trees and I'll impress you here, Acer rubrum, is that correct, genus species with them? It, one was a yes. fern, which I didn't know. Look, looked more yes. like a fern, a veil type of a leaf. didn't get real tall, and it didn't last. The other one, and I remember Mr. Oster saying either two years ago or last year, there was a blight that was affecting the red maples. Was, was that correct?
0: It, Are you aware of that
2: at all? It's not, it's not necessarily a blight. It is a They. All plants get a disease. Let's just start with that. Well, it seems to come out of it very well, and it's uh, really, really flourishing. Uh, Have you heard any comments on that plant by anyone? No, it's a great plant. You know, um, you'll see it used. A lot of landscape architects like to use it. So you'll see it in, um, like, parks, uh, stadiums, that sort of thing. There's There's always something that attacks the plant. It just depends on the plant. But there's nothing ongoing that's attacking red maples at all. You know, the key is keep them watered. Make sure they have good air circulation. Don't hit them with the mower or the weed whacker. And don't dig around the roots. I know a lot of people like to dig around the base of a tree and plant flowers or whatever. That's really not a good idea because it can actually damage the tree roots. And then it causes stress for the tree. And then... If there's an insect or a disease going around, the tree becomes more susceptible to it.
1: All right. Let's keep it going. John, you're up next for Mrs. Nolan. All in for Doug Oster today, the organic gardener, KDKA. Hi, John. Hello. Mrs. Nolan, about three or four weeks ago on Doug's show, you mentioned uh, your three favorite tomato plants this year. Could you repeat those, please?
2: Okay. you're, You're asking me to go back to my memory. One is Whopper which I get from Park Seed, uh, another whopper. one, Whopper. Like, you know, somebody told a Whopper in the story. Okay. Is that a beef steak? The thing? other is, it is not a beef steak per se. It is an eating tomato, mid-season kind of goes. It's not huge, but it's not a small tomato either. So, you know, um, Delicious is another one, and that is a beef steak type. And that actually is an heirloom, and you can actually save the seed from that. Whopper is a hybrid. It was originally developed by Park Seed for the 50th anniversary of organic gardening. And for a while, the name was OG50, you know, to honor Organic Gardening the magazine. Uh, the other is San Marzano Redorta. So okay. there are San Marzano tomatoes, which are typically around if four to four five ounces of a tomato. San Marzano Raddita is in the six to eight ounce range, and I get that from a company called uh, Seeds from Italy. I I buy that those seeds from them.
1: The beef steak you mentioned—is there a specific name to it? Uh-
2: it's called Delicious. That's actually the name.
1: Okay. And I have one last question. Uh, sure. What about Goliath beefsteaks? What do you know about those?
2: Um, I've never grown them. Um, sometimes, depending on the seed company, there's, um, there's one called Mortgage Lifter. It can be called – it very well could be Goliath. Since I've never grown it, I can't really compare it. But, you know, depending on the company that owns the seed, they can name okay. it whatever they want.
1: I understand. Just like a kid, right? Like your child, you can name it whatever you want. And,
2: and That's right. doesn't mean the teacher's not going to call them something else or their buddies aren't going to call them something else. <laughs>
1: All right. We're going to get a break in here. Good stuff. Lots of room, though, for you on the phone lines. Took care of some good calls here in the second segment. And we're going to talk to Donna in Wilkinsburg right after the news at the bottom of the hour with Andrew Lindbergh. So if you have a question for Mrs. Know-it-all, you should start dialing right now at 866-391-1020. Plus, we have that $25 gift certificate from Janowski's in Clinton, Pennsylvania. They're going to be opening shortly for this Sunday in just a couple of moments. And don't forget, today between 8 and 9, right after local news with Andrew Lindbergh, we're going to bring you the Coons Cooking Hour. And today, It's the great protein that you find on the grocery shelves at Coons Markets, lima beans, kidney beans, baked bean, green beans, everything that has to do with green beans. So we have lots more still to come today on Rob Pratt Sunday on KDKA 100.1 FM AM 1020. Good morning. All right, Doug is off the next couple of weeks. Next week, it's Steve Rapasky. We'll be talking the buzz that is the bees. And of course, today, and is Mrs. Know-it-all. And the phones are full, so let's get right back to work for Denise Schreiber, and we'll say hi to Donna. Donna, you're on KDK with Mrs. and all Good morning. Good morning. How are you?
2: Hi, Donna. I'm doing fine, and I'm interested in avoiding tick bites while gardening, and I wondered if you have any Advice for me on how to do that? Well, the one thing is, you know, I have a, a right of way behind my house, and so there's some trees back there, and then there's the trees in my own yard. So in the fall, I get a big clump of them, so to speak, laying there. We try to rake them up. I know the thought is, you know, leave the leaves that there's beneficial insects that, you know, are going to winter over there. I, I can't do that, you know, between myself, the dog, the uh, my grandson. You know, we all want to avoid those tick bites. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you really want to do that, I would suggest mowing your leaves as soon as you can. If you have really thick, heavy leaves, like from a magnolia or something like that, <clears throat> you want to actually, you know, m- Break them up into a pile and then try to mow them that way i would keep my areas that i uh, walk in a lot i would keep them cut low as far as your garden you should be fine you should be fine of course you can always have tick bites there you can if you are growing barberry rip it out because scientists have found that it provides the perfect winter home for ticks. And what happens is you collect all the leaves, candy wrappers, whatever bit of garbage blows around gets caught in there and it ends up at the base of the plant and it actually provides the perfect humidity for ticks to overwinter. Obviously deer carry some ticks, you know, but also groundhog skunks, chipmunks squirrels you name it they've all got uh, ticks on them so you have to be careful about that you if you are going to be out there for any length of time wear long pants tuck your pant legs inside a pair of socks use uh, there's any number of spray repellents there's uh, one that I use actually it's for the yard it's not for using called tick be gone you would have to order that online I've never seen it in the store So those are just some of the things that the repellents, and then always check yourself, you know, or have somebody check you to make sure you don't have any ticks on you. Sometimes you don't even realize it, and you'll just have to look down and find one on your arm, you know, for no reason. So you want to get them off before they actually start to embed themselves into your skin. I hope that helps. But here's one thing. Some of the botanicals claim that they work. Not always. So I am always reluctance to use something like that because I just don't want to take a chance because Lyme disease is terrible. And I have friends that have suffered with it for years because they got bit and didn't realize it.
1: Okay. Uh, if, do
2: go you ahead. have any uh, literature that you could recommend that I read about this? Actually, if you go on Penn State Extension's website, they have a lot of information right there about uh preventing tick bites and just ticks in general and you know where you're likely to find them so i hopefully you know i I don't have any printed material at all on it you know but penn state has a wonderful their extension has you know a lot of information about preventing tick bites where you're going to find them what to do if you do get bit by a tick bite and if you do get bit by a tick the first thing you need to do is call your doctor don't wait Just go. We'll put you on an antibiotic um, for a few days, and that's better than Lyme disease.
1: All right, Donna, thanks for the call. Listen, uh, we're going to take the 10th caller right now to win that Janowski's gift certificate. They're opening shortly for this Sunday morning. Route 30, of course, in Clinton, Pennsylvania. So if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you are going to win that $25 gift certificate from Janoski's in Clinton. All right, we're going to come up with that PGA Championship update report in just about a minute, but I want to remind you, Mrs. Know-It-All is here until 8 o'clock. She's in today for Doug, and Doug is off the next couple of weeks. Steve verpasky will be here next week, but today, if you have a question for her, it's been a very busy hour, uh, grab one of these available lines and step up. We'd love to get you on the air to get that question in for Denise and again Denise what's the best way for people to stay in touch with what you're doing or even contact you go ahead
2: well they can get me a couple of ways Mrs. know-it-all on Facebook you know I always put, <clears throat> sorry post stuff there plus you know you can just come and ask me questions there uh, if they're interested in having me speak to a group or something my email address is edible flowers that's plural the number one at AOL.com I just did a uh, garden uh, visit beginning of this week, actually, um, for a lady who was having issues with all sorts of things.
1: All right, so Mrs. Know-it-all will come out and speak and help, and uh, she's always there if you need her on Facebook as well, too. All right, PGA Championship Update, then back with much more of The Organic Gardener. Doug Oster off. It's Mrs. Know-it-all spending the 7 a.m. hour on Rock Pratt Sunday, KDK Radio. All right, it's good time. Um, this is Know It All here today. Denise Schreiber, pinch hitting for Doug, who is off for the next couple of weeks. Next week, it'll be a Steve Rapaski in studio with me, taking your phone calls. But right now, let's say hi to Kurt in Harmony for Mrs. Know It All, Denise Schreiber, the Organic Gardener, KDK Radio. Good morning, Kurt.
2: Morning, everybody. Hey, my question is: I talked to Doug at the uh, uh, home show, and I mm-hmm. asked him about my apples. They just look bad and he suggested using a fungicide, and I got some, and it's organic, and uh, how often should I spray that? What did the label say? Uh, it's by a company called Bonide, and it, it just says to mix it up and spray it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So is it, it's, is it the copper-based fungicide? No. Do you know? Uh, not really. It I mean, it, it just says to spray it, and I'm I'm just curious. Should I spray it once? Should I spray it once a month? You know, I'm just not sure. It'd be easier if we knew exactly which one it was because they they do make several fungicides. Right. Typically, right. I'm going to go with it's the liquid copper just because, you know, that's one of their bigger products. Uh, (coughs) Excuse me. I kind of came out of nowhere. So, you know, usually it says once every seven to ten days. Okay. You know, on your leaves or the apples. Here again, without knowing exactly which one. Now, I can tell you that if you Google, you know, get the bottle and put the name in Google it and put on uh, is the label or the MSDS sheet. So that's Mother Sam Denise Schreiber. How's that?
1: (laughs) 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 All right, Kurt, thanks. And
2: there will be a lot of information on that for it.
1: Let's get one more call in here. Uh, let's say hi to Dan. You're on KDK for Mrs. Know-it-all, the organic gardener. Hi, Dan. Hi. Hi, guys. Hi, Mrs. Know-it-all. I enjoyed hi. listening to you. I have petty uh, bear um, sunflower seeds, those miniature sunflowers. I want to know, is it too late to plant the seeds in the ground for them to bloom for this year?
2: Well, I got to tell you, now I grow bees. Because of my landscaping situation, I plant mine in containers. But I got to tell you, I planted them this week, so it it really isn't too late. What you want to do is actually uh, make sure the soil's real friable, loose. Put the seed in, water it, keep it watered, and keep the deer from eating it. What's that again? You can put once uh, the soil to be loose.
1: Okay. And, okay, so, uh, you know. So I'm in good shape for them to, to, to bloom this year, right?
2: Yes. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Have a great day, guys. You too alright right, Mrs.
1: know it All right, Mr. Know-it-all, let me just give you the final few minutes to wrap up. What's on your mind? You've been nice to our caller, so I'm going to give you a couple of moments to do what you do, talk gardening. Go ahead.
2: Okay, well, a couple things. Um, let's talk about green beans because a lot of people like to grow them. I grow them in my garden, but I grow pole beans. And I always used to grow bush beans, and I'm like, but I always had to bend over. You know, there's more than a few of us that have back issues. And so I started growing, you know, the pole beans, and they're so much easier to harvest, and I get a better crop because when your beans start to produce, you want to keep picking them to keep them producing until – it's time to rip them out of the garden. So I grow uh, one called Emerite, S-E-M-E-R-I-T-E. And it is what they call a hair cover. It's a French green bean, very thin, not stringy, long, heavy producer. And, you know, so we just go out. I probably harvested, I don't know, 15 pounds last year easily, plus what we just used fresh. So, you know, that's a really great plant. You know, I used to grow the romas, you know, but here again, I was always bending over. The leaves would hide whether they were beans or not and everything. So that is actually why I switched to cold beans. Something else I wanted to bring up, and I know I'm going to make some people crazy here, but I usually make people crazy anyhow, is I was listening to a podcast the other day with Carol Reese, who is an extension agent with, the University of Tennessee. Um, she's from Mississippi, so she's got that great accent. But we were, she was talking about native plants. And as research goes on, they're finding that, you know, it's always said you have to grow the native milkweed for the monarch. But they did a study and they took, there's several different types of milkweed, and they kind of ground them all up and made a slurry of them. And the monarchs still fed on them. It didn't matter whether they were the native ones or the uh, what we call a are They actually did it. A lot of the people that have to plant natives, yes, it's nice to plant natives. It's good. It helps provide uh, you know uh, a continuation of the seed bank. But also, a lot of the hybrids provide just as much nutrition to pollinators. So I just butterflies but bees the native wasps you know um, even flies you know heaven forbid we want to produce flies but we actually do need them for pollination so it's something to look at that you don't have to feel guilty or have somebody make you feel guilty about if you're growing you know a hybrid or if you're growing flowers and people uh, not all natives look good and a lot of natives are susceptible to some diseases, which is why people started breeding them to breed disease resistance into them. And sometimes it's for flower color. Sometimes it's more fruit production. So I, I know I'm going to make people crazy about that, but you just can't. Because we talk about a monoculture a lot. And having all the natives, you still is almost like having a monoculture because you're not providing other food or nesting for, you know, our local flora and fauna.
1: missus Know No-and-all, great job today. We'll do it again real soon and obviously every other week with Doug. But we appreciate the hour, lots of response. People do appreciate what you do, as we all do. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a good week, okay?
2: Uh, they like me better than Doug. <laughs> uh. <laughs> You have a good one,
1: Rob. All right, the great Denny Schreiber. They do love her. I'm telling you. She really is so respected in the world of gardening. And We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You better over here! Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch